Welcome to the Be Blessed and Inspired podcast. I'm Tracy Hill, and I'll be your host as we dive into scripture and find inspiration for our daily lives. This is a space filled with the love, hope, peace, and joy of Jesus. The faith-filled messages are based on the Word of God. Each episode intends to grow our faith, encourage our hearts, and draw us closer to the Lord. We will be reminded of who our God is and who He says we are in Christ. Our whole perspective changes when we know His trustworthy character, and our confidence grows when we embrace our identity as His beloved children. So daughters of the King, let's begin. In this episode, I'll be talking about the fact that as God's amazing creation, we are quite simply enough. Have you ever had a season, a month, a week, a day, a moment, or even a fleeting second of doubt about your value or ability, or lost confidence in your identity as a beloved child of God? Have you ever felt that you or your best efforts are not enough to please others? Well, I hope you know that you're not alone. I personally know that my identity and worth come from the Lord, but sometimes I regress and momentarily forget what I know to be true. As an example, I'll share one of my fleeting moments with you and hopefully some wisdom too. A few years ago, just after our community experienced the devastating effects of an out-of-control fire, I went to sleep in the guest room. And for the record, I wasn't fighting with my husband. It's just, that's where I go when I need a solid night's sleep. So after a restful night's sleep, I opened my eyes and the first thing I saw that morning was the light green blanket laying across my body. Apparently, Satan had decided to help me greet the day because he spoke a lie to me the very second I opened my eyes. I mean, it was literally instantaneous. After seeing the blanket, the very first thought that popped in my mind was, You couldn't even get that right. Let me explain. I had bought that blanket about eight or nine years previously for one of our foreign exchange students. I'd wanted to decorate his room in a way he'd liked. So before he moved in, I asked him what his favorite color was, and he told me dark green. Well, when I went shopping, I couldn't find any dark green blankets. So I did what I thought was best and bought him a light green blanket. So this was the basis for the thought that accused me that morning. I got light green instead of dark. That's ridiculous, right? As soon as that thought, you couldn't even get that right, passed through my head, I said aloud to myself, I can't please everyone. In a matter of a few seconds, I felt condemned and defeated. But as soon as those exasperated words rolled off my tongue, I turned over and grabbed my phone and I saw that a text had just come in. Not just any text, but one from another former exchange student who's now living in Canada. He had texted to say hi and see how I was doing with the fires and also the mass shooting in our area. We hadn't communicated in quite a while. Of all the mornings and exact seconds for him to text me, it was right then. I knew immediately that God was at work. One moment I was happily sleeping, the next second I was filled with defeat. But fortunately, the Lord, in his loving kindness, he didn't even skip a beat. And that rhyming is not intended. God reminded me that obviously I do get things right. Otherwise, this young man wouldn't have reached out to me and stayed connected. This lie was taken down with such perfect and direct objection. It could have only been God. Completely in awe, I immediately gave thanks and praise to God. He had grabbed my attention and reminded me who he is and who I am as his beloved daughter. 
God is always ready to set us straight and remind us who we are. Sometimes he speaks to us in a miraculous manner through direct intervention. Other times it's more subtle. There is one way though that he always speaks to us and that's through the Bible, his written word. It's chock full of wonderful encouragement and advice. Here's a great verse for starters, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And what's lovelier and truer than God's word? Whenever these doubts and accusations enter our minds, whether from Satan himself or other people tearing us down, or even from our own destructive mindset, we need to pick up our Bible, open it, and read its truth. We have to redirect our thoughts onto what God says about us. Yes, Satan delights in accusing us. Scripture even calls him the accuser. We need to be aware of his sly and evil tactics and be on the lookout for his deceptions. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We also need to be ready to stand our ground and fight him off. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 through 5 says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 7 tells us finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God." The armor we wear is God's personal armor. It's not a flimsy hand-me-down or of our own making. This armor belongs to our almighty God and he shares it with us. He gives us the powerful secret weapons to put on so that we can confidently face and stand firm in our moments or seasons of warfare. I want to take a minute to elaborate on this spiritual armor that we've been given and what each piece symbolizes for us. So our first one is the belt of truth. Putting on the belt of truth means basing our lives on what God says about anything and everything. It's the anchor for our life. Um, it gives us God's perspective and his standard and helps us judge everything else accordingly. The foundation of truth is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. The breastplate of righteousness is the fact that righteousness is aligning our lives to God's holy standard. 
Unchecked sin is like holes in our armor, an open invitation for the enemy to attack. Righteous living seals up our our armor nice and tight, making it impenetrable, removing the potential for shame and regret. God says, be holy as I am holy. And we have the shoes of the gospel of peace. Through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. That is the gospel, the good news in a nutshell. The obstacles of sin, death, and condemnation are removed from us forever. We have peace with God. Through Jesus Christ, we also have been given the additional blessing of the peace of God. So what's the difference? Well, simply put, the peace of God is the peace that surpasses all human understanding. It's the settled assurance within our soul that everything is going to be okay despite our current circumstances. Satan loves nothing more than to get us all worked up and bring turmoil into our hearts and minds. But with the peace of God, we're able to remain steady and unshaken by the events and issues that are attacking us. Our peace with God and of God equips us to go out and share his message of peace with the chaotic world around us. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Our next piece of armor is the shield of faith. Faith is believing and acting on God's truth. Hence the saying, step out in faith. It's action. It is trusting in God's ability and his word. Faith is believing what God says over what we can see. It's seeing the possible in the impossible. A mindset of faith leaves no room for worry or fear. A mindset of faith must be purposefully and continually chosen, though. Faith is claiming that if God says it, then it must be true. Lack of faith is the biggest hindrance to the abundant life that God has for each of us. That's why Satan constantly whispers notions of doubt. The shield of faith extinguishes all the flaming arrows of doubt that the enemy shoots at us. Blessed is the one who trusts in God. And then we have the helmet of salvation. Salvation represents who we are in Christ, saved and redeemed, fresh and new, set free, a child of God. The helmet of salvation protects our minds from the lies regarding our identity that try to infiltrate and destroy. Satan greatly desires that we forget who we really are and all the benefits that we've been given and have access to. If we forget that we're a daughter of the king and that we have access to the heavenly resources of God, then Satan's definitely at an advantage over us. So remember who you are and whose you are. The sword of the spirit, the word of God, is used in fighting back attacks and lies from the enemy. Anytime he speaks untruths to us, we are to immediately turn our thoughts to the encouragements that God has spoken to us through his word. It's a good idea to have scriptures and promises that we've heard before tucked securely into our hearts, ready to be whipped out at a moment's notice because the word of God is alive and active. Ephesians 6, 18 goes on to say, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. 
Prayer is a mighty piece of weaponry that God, that invites the power of God into our situation. So I want to let you know that we can borrow the prayers that are already found in scripture and use them for ourselves. So here's a favorite of mine that I pray for others and for for myself. It's Ephesians uh, 3 verses 14 through 21. And it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I pray this because I find the more I'm rooted and established in God's love, the less likely I am to be shaken by insecurity. Our enemy loves when we feel inadequate and like we're not enough. He loves when we put pressure on ourselves to please everyone because he knows we'll never be able to do it. That was the root of the accusation that Satan spoke to me, wasn't it? That I didn't get it right, I can't please everyone, that I'm not really enough. I just want to point out that the only commands Jesus gives us are to love God and love others. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we are to try and please everyone. He actually says, love others, but love to please only him. Colossians 3 verses 23 through 24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So that should lighten our burden quite a lot. I just want to share a quick story from my devotional book called confidence in crowns, and I was an eyewitness to the events described in this devotion. And this one is titled Undefeated. Sitting on my bathroom counter is a picture of woman of a woman who, though I have never met, inspires me beyond measure. I look at her picture every morning as I get ready to greet the day and as I retire to the comfort of my bed at the evening's end. Behind this snapshot, there's a story so surreal that I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it for myself. To the observer, this picture is merely a woman standing in front of the Duomo in Florence, Italy. It's one of the largest cathedrals in the world, and the small figure in my photograph stands dwarfed in its shadow. As we walk through the piazza on the day represented, the sound of goosebump-inducing opera filled the air. Before we even saw her, the melody of her divine voice caught our ears. As we rounded the corner, the sight of her precious, unassuming frame caught our eyes. Seated on the ground before her was a crowd of listeners enjoying the impromptu performance. It was truly a treat for the senses. As I stood watching and listening, I became aware of the grace and power, humility and quiet courage all blended together that seemingly flowed from deep within her. As her voice rang out, tears actually welled up in my eyes. 
The beauty was overwhelming and unexpected. And just as unexpected was the abrupt, ugly, mocking interruption that came from a balcony three stories above. Much to my astonishment and much more to my dismay, a real-life operatic enactment of the age-old epic battle between good and evil began to play out before my very eyes. This older man with a super snug white undershirt stretched across his bulging belly, leaned out of his window, opened his loud mouth, and erupted into the most horribly mean-spirited singing I've ever heard. He spewed out his own jeering rendition in response to her sonnet. The more she pressed on, the louder he got. He was undeniably under the influence of way too many alcoholic beverages. And despite this madman's attempts to discourage and defeat her, my precious woman in the picture pressed on, much to the crowd's pleasure and applause. She was determined, a woman of persevering strength, focused on her passion and her purpose. There was no hesitation, not even for a moment. He could not dissuade or stop her, no matter how hard he tried, and boy, did he try. She pressed on, holding her head high, doing what she had set out to do that day. This real-life, earthly event perfectly portrayed the spiritual battle taking place in the heavenly realm and all around us every day. So often, the enemy takes aim directly at us. The moment what we're doing what we're gifted for and called to do, evil steps in to discourage us. The mocking voice seeks to cause doubt, spewing, you're not good enough, and why even try? It says, just give up. Nobody cares anyways. And these are lies meant to keep us from all the blessings God has in store and all that he wants to use us for. The enemy's tactics are outright ugly, like the man behind the scenes of my picture. But we shine brightly when we press on, determined to trust God and believe we are who he says we are. We must persevere, stand undefeated, and not let evil win. God's approval is what matters most. It's his applause we seek. But sometimes in the process, others will take notice and cheer us on with pleasure too. Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 12 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. When you wake in the morning, also awaken your faith. Remember your eternal hope and secure salvation. Stand confident in your God-given identity. Before you walk out the door, arm yourself with prayer and the knowledge of truth, which is found in God's word. Remember you are who God says you are. You are more than enough, enough, sorry, as his beloved child. Let the armor of God's love and power guard your heart and mind. Be sure to follow for news of upcoming podcasts and share these messages with your friends. For more inspiration, check out my website at beblessedandinspired.com. You'll find video teachings, blog devotions, and get a peek at my books and Bible studies, which take you deeper into the Word of God. So take care and be blessed. I'll meet you back here soon for more inspiration.